stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. My Sundance brain is very blurry, but I'm in Park City, Utah. I'm with a friend that I met. I can't remember if it's three or four years ago. Diane? I can't remember. I think it's 2015 or 2016. Okay, 2016. Yeah. I think sounds right. Yes. So, uh, Diane Kwan is. Let me see if I get this right. You are an Emmy-winning, Oscar-nominated. Emmy nominated. Emmy nominated. Oscar. Oscar nominated. Sundance winning. And Peabody winning. And Peabody winning. <laughs> See, there's all these awards in there. I know. It's embarrassing. <laughs> you don't have to say that. I all love this. that. I love that. We were just talking off podcast, and we're going to get there on this. Just even with all these awards, Diane's sitting here on in the grind. I'm in a, a room full of people, artists, creatives at Sundance who are all hustling, peddling, almost speed dating their films right. uh, with potential backers, buyers, investors. What in right. the world? So so even all those things, you still find yourself at a place where it's like those words don't mean anything. They're not people aren't writing checks. Yeah, no, I think the words help or not necessarily the words, but the fact that you had a film that people loved at least gets you the conversation, the meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, that definitely I could see has helped a lot. But still, to get the funding or the buyer, the film still has to prove itself. You know, your your next film still has to be meaningful and, and work for them. And it's really competitive. You know, I don't know. I'm sure every person you meet is... <laughs> has something, has right? Has something, yeah. <laughs> so you have to still show that your film yeah. is different or um, is telling a story that hasn't been told. Or if it's been told, how are you telling it in a different way? And as we were saying, you know, especially if it doesn't have this big star attached to it, or it's not a biopic or something about that's in the news today, you you have to make it very clear what you're trying to, to show in your film. So that every meeting, it's starting on zero and trying to, yeah, and trying to explain that and share that. So let's go back. So we met at, this is a big shout out to the Blue Whiskey Film Festival. We love them (laughs) uh, in Chicago. Uh, They are very much in, in my mind, like what we do with Brave Maker, a small little independent film. They really love filmmakers. They do a great job curating films and doing a question and answer time after. But your film was ironically shot about a man in where I live in the Bay Area. Right, right. He was a super. It's called Cliff Superfan. It was the short. And Cliff was someone I would see at all my daughter's games. They, I had two daughters that played sports at Stanford, and he was at every game, whether we were at Stanford or all over the country. <laughs> and the reason why I made that short is back in 2015, when I decided I wanted to make documentaries, uh, I had reached out to Cartemplin Films, which is a collective in Chicago, and asked if I could volunteer, and they just had no need for me at that time. So I thought the only way I can learn how to make a documentary is just to do it. To make one. Yeah, yeah. so um, I took a class, and you have to come into the class with an idea, and I thought of Cliff, and Cliff was so kind to say, okay, you can do my story if it helps you. Uh-huh. And from that, I just learned, like, in a little short, you know, how you make a film, how you fund it, how you get it out there, and um, how you make it. 
And from there, then Kartemkwen, I was able to start working on their projects. I love that. You paved your own way. I quote Ava DuVernay all the time. She talks about how we always say we're knocking on doors and we can't get people to open doors. She says, stop knocking on doors and build your own house. Yeah. You know, and Ava, to me, like, she's like big hero to me. Mm-hmm. Um, my background had, I had worked for many years at Paramount. I told you that before in marketing. And so I had career for 17 years and then I stopped for a little while to raise my kids and it was it was really hard thinking like now I can't even offer myself as a volunteer uh-huh. you know and so the you know luckily I I, I I always think of my parents who taught me this is then you just got to do it yourself yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I tell filmmakers all the yeah. time when they say I have this idea go out and do it then. Yeah. just shoot yeah we have to stop waiting for someone else. I mean, yeah. Mark Duplass said it at South by Southwest. Stop waiting for the Calvary to come and rescue you. Yeah. Get out there. So 2015, you make Cliff uh, super fan. Yeah. And uh, what I love about that story is that Cliff was more than just a super fan who went and basically he cheers on all these college athletes right. and he really supports them. Which, can we link that in the show notes? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, definitely. cool. So, so check our show notes, and we'll put it on our social media, too. Really great little short that um, was fun to partner. My film, I think Neighbor, was partnered in a similar um, space. Right. Um, but then you discovered some other stuff yeah, in the story. Yeah, and I think that's what I continue to do in the films that I work on now, yeah. is that there's, a, there's also other messages that you might not be expecting to get when you watch the film, like My New Gap. Many people thought they're coming in to see three skateboarders and they grow up and they don't realize we touch on domestic violence and childhood trauma and toxic masculinity. And yeah. uh, it's kind of like this, you come in and it's still a beautiful story, you know. And so for Cliff, everyone comes in to see this super fan and like why he does it. But um, we talk about how his main passion, even more than supporting the sports, <laughs> is to um, research... Um, the Japanese camps because his parents were there and his his thoughts were to identify every person who had been in the Tule Lake camp in these yearbooks that he had collected mm-hmm. because the, the yearbooks would have pictures but no names and his feeling was people need to know who was there. Mm-hmm. They need to be remembered. Yeah, to, to be, be remembered. Seen. Yeah. So beautiful. Okay, so you mentioned Minding the Gap. Mm-hmm. So just it kind of mind-boggling to think five years ago you were just starting with a, <laughs> with a short film about Cliff. And then all of a sudden you're producing Minding the Gap. Yeah. Now, Minding the Gap won Sundance's 2018 yes. documentary breakthrough. Pri- breakthrough prize. Okay. Uh, so two years. So within three years, you're at Sundance and you're winning one of the top prizes. And then that launches a whole year of campaigns. I mean, not campaigns, but you find yourself screening all over the world. Right. And... Director Bing Liu, Liu. Yeah. Uh, that was was that his first feature yes, as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so we'll link this in the show notes. You must watch this documentary. Uh, I have a little bit of an affinity for it because I spent some time in Rockford, Illinois. Oh, really? Which is where it's based. Yeah. Uh, I spent about four years living in Rockford. So I know that culture. I never knew that. I did, yeah. I spent four years there. So it was wild watching, you know, the yeah. streets and stuff because yeah. I've like, I, I'd been there. I went to Rock Valley College for oh two years. Oh, my gosh. That's where Bing went. <laughs> is that where you went to? That's where you took some film classes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What a small world. I was yeah. in the theater there for three years. 
Anyway, so let's talk about, so Bing Liu tells a story about growing up in Rockford and as a skateboarder. Then he becomes a documentarian and he basically documents his friends, but then right. he uncovers his own story. Right. In there. So how did you get involved with that? So in, as I mentioned, um, Kurt Templin Films is based in Chicago and they've been making uh, films, documentaries for over 50 years. And at first when I tried to volunteer there, they didn't really take volunteers. <laughs> um, but so after, there, she's knocking on the door, yeah, and they're not open. The door and they're not open yet. <laughs> but I took, like I said, classes to make Cliff. Yeah. And one of the professors said she knew some directors that work on Curtain with Films, and she would connect me. So I connected with Maria Finizzo, who had, who was uh, directing Dilemma Desire, the other film that's mm-hmm. in South by Southwest that's coming out and next we'll month. We'll get there. We'll yes. get there. And so Maria. Um, needed help with marketing, and that's my background. And it was a great way for me to start learning, like, what happens in the doc world. First, I I learned, like, it takes six to ten years to make these things um, and how difficult it is Mm -hmm. to find the funding. And then, so that's how I kind of became part of the Cartemkin world, and that was 2015. Mm -hmm. And I met different people. In 2016, they have a Diverse Voices program, Cartemquin, where they're trying to provide mentoring to new first-time filmmakers of color. And Bing was part of that. And he showed this rough cut and in 2000, early 2016, May 2016, and I saw it, and I just asked, asked him for coffee, and he said he needed help. I said, wow. I have help. Oh. And that's how we partner. That's fantastic. I always share this. Like, it meant so much to me. He bought me a cup of coffee. I didn't finish it, so he finished it for me. <laughs> so I knew, like, okay. You were kindred we're spirits. Be yeah. That's beautiful. So what I hear, too, I love this. I love how there's always a different entry point. Everyone has a different story of how it starts. Right. You make your short film. Uh, you want to volunteer. You, it doesn't work for you. Then you find out what somebody needs. And you have this background in mm-hmm. marketing. And mm-hmm. you're invited into that. Right. But then you exp- it expanded. You weren't just doing marketing, right? You were yeah. doing... I ended up on the film that I was helping with marketing. Um, Maria was so great. And just and Mary, who was the producer on the film, really showed me, like... Because um, at that time, we're still looking for distribution. So... I started working on that and working on with that was distributed by PBS. So I saw how that all worked mm-hmm. and reaching, doing impact work and reaching out to communities. This is for Kurtemplin. That's one of their main goals is like to take the film and make change yep. and go out there to organizations or, um, and to talk and create conversation. So that was such a great way to learn, but also to prove myself. I, you know, I was able then to, meet people and show them that I work hard. Yeah. And often for free. That's so right. <laughs> what else do you need? Did you hear, do you hear that? Filmmakers, brave makers listening, how much of our time we give away, mm-hmm. but it's fulfilling. It's so fulfilling. Right? You're yeah. getting something out of it. Yeah. I mean, there's hard days. <laughs> sure. I mean, almost a lot of hard days, but we sometimes, I don't know, I feel like uh, the, I was, I did a podcast with Jim Cummings, the one right before this, and when I was doing the intro, I had I was by myself, and I was thinking about all the ways that, even in this environment right here, I'm sitting here, and I can easily think, like, I'm not where that person is. I'm mm-hmm. not where that person is, and I have so much more to do, and, oh, mm-hmm. like, the the journey looks so uphill mm-hmm. that it could be so discouraging, mm-hmm. but I go, what do I, what, do I want to give up? Heck no. Mm-hmm. Would I just turn away no why because I, it's worth it to me yeah it's always worth it yeah yeah and you have to keep 
thinking of that way versus what I don't have. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Okay, so, oh, by the way, I met, um, so Cartem Quinn, I always have to say it, those three syllables yeah. because it's... When I first went in there for the interview before they tell me they don't need me, <laughs> I, I watched over and over again their little, like, intro clip on their website to listen to how you, how you say, say it. it. <laughs> but the name comes from three men, and Gordon Quinn is the Quinn, Cartem Quinn. He's still the artistic director. Mm-hmm. And they were three classmates, and when they formed this company, they said, it would be neat use our name so it's something Carter Temeter and Quinn but Gordon always says if I knew it was going to be around for 50 years I would have <laughs> changed it so I met a guy named Ruben who's an editor from Cartem Quinn yeah uh, oh yeah Ruben he's great yeah, yeah. and he had a, this, this shirt on and I said can I just look at your shirt for a second because I need to visual. see it visual because yeah. I always want to say card something else anyway so Cartem Quinn is in Chicago we'll link them in the show notes too um, you now have continued on with them mm-hmm. and this is big. You've got two feature documentaries debuting in March at South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. Let's let's hear about yeah. those. So one of them is Finding Ying, and it's another first-time filmmaker that I met through David, the same program that I met, Bing, Diverse Voices and Doc. And she is an international student that was studying at Northwestern Journalism, and she became part of the program. And her story, Finding Ying Ying, is about an international Chinese student who was kidnapped two years ago and uh, went to University of Illinois, so three, three uh, hours away from Northwestern. But they went to the same university in Beijing, and when she got the notice that they were looking for her, does anyone know where she is? She went down to Urbana to look for the, to help with the search, and then ended up meeting the family and documenting for the next five months while they were in the United States. And since then, it's two years later, the trial has happened. They found who did it. Oh, they did. They didn't find Yingying's body. But the journey, I think, definitely uh, her vision for the film and why I wanted to be involved is that she wanted to show who Yingying was. So many of these true crime, and Mm. everyone loves true crime. Not everyone, Mm -hmm. but many people do it. Yep, on the rise. But... Our focus is on Yingying and the family, showing who she is, not this postage stamp victim, but mm. that she had a life that we should celebrate and not be forgotten. You know, Beautiful. she came to, we also want to break stereotypes of what people imagine these Chinese international students are. You know, there's many stereotypes out sure. there, and especially sure. what's happening politically, they're kind of being seen as the ones taking over our jobs and becoming United States, and they're all rich. She came from a poor family and really was her hope and future for her family. Back in China, who had never even left their village until they came to the United States to look for her. So so our focus really is on Yingying. And the parallels, some of the parallels with the filmmaker, director, who was also, you know, a daughter who came over to the United well, States. Yeah. And um, Jenny's, she just turned 26. She's young and just a beautiful filmmaker. The other film is so totally different. I remember you sent me a rough cut yeah, of D- D- Dilemma of Desire. Desire yeah. yeah. And the, the, the director, producer, Maria Finizzo, very talented Peabody Award winner. She's been making films for over 30 years. And um, she read a book about Desire and Dilemma... And so the film is called Dilemma of Desire. And we really talk about um, giving agency to women to talk about what 
to know their body mm-hmm. and then not to be afraid to talk about it mm-hmm. and to and to talk about desire and it was so you know we we have four um um experts who have been in this work trying to break the myths about what women want and and more importantly to explain how the body looks you know and so we call it clitoracy you know to talk about that <laughs> <laughs> and it is, I mean, one of the artists, that's her artwork. Great. It, it's great. Wait, is this the woman who, um, this, uh, sorry, I have to get yeah. real here, but does she mold her vagina? She doesn't mold her or vagina, but she has artwork to show what a clitoris looks and like. And people can go inside of like it's life size or something? Well, no, not that. I think, I think I've seen an artist like that. Maybe it's a different one. It might be the other one. Her, her art actually is it's just so beautiful, but it's really to break the myths about you know, if you don't even know that basic thing, yeah. like where, where uh, the seat of desire is on a woman, everyone knows where the man is. <laughs> it's pretty but, obvious, yeah. Yeah, but not the woman. <laughs> yeah. Um, we really feel like that's kind of the reason why we we don't have equality in so many other areas. Sure. If we can't even talk about sure. our body, we can't sure. talk about that. And that's Maria good. is such a talented filmmaker, and um, and like I said, she was the one that brought me in for her other dog that was my first dog that I worked on so I'll always be grateful to for what she was you know willing to take a chance with that's me. so cool well, congratulations you've got gosh I'm just so inspired oh, thank and you. I know you've got two kids they're out of college now four kids four kids but yeah. the two daughters who were at Stanford yeah two daughters Stanford another daughter uh so they all live in San Francisco and I think I share this with you Tony I lost my son 10 years ago. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so, it's, so it's a long story, but I lost him 10 years ago. And one of my friends who was just trying to get me out of the house because mm. it changes your life, sure. you know, forever. And um, so I lost him in 2019. And 2013, she brought me to Sundance to get me out of the house. She knew how much I love film. And that's yeah. when I really saw documentaries for the first uh-huh, time and uh-huh. saw like oh it can be entertaining and it yes. could but it could have a message right and maybe create change yep. and I thought that's what I'm going to do and I can honor my son that way that helped you find healing yeah to yeah. be a maker yeah. yeah you mean you never have total healing I know you hear that yeah. but it's a way to use you know just feel like I'm offering something and hopefully mm. honoring my son. Your yeah. son. What was your son's name? Chris. 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 Yeah. yeah. Uh, in his honor, for yeah. sure. He, yeah. You, you've done. You've lived. Uh, I mean, a life well lived. You got a lot of life left. Thank uh, you. It's very, Thank very you. encouraging. And my daughters. Um, you know, we talk about Chris all the time, and they're the. My daughters and my husband are the main yeah, supporters. Yeah. I mean, when we would premiere Mind the Gap at Sundance, they're the ones doing social media, <laughs> hanging <laughs> posters and covering up everyone else's posters. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, again, is so inspiring for me. I have three daughters, and um, they're young, 8, 10, and 12, and my mm-hmm. wife, we've been married 15 years, and it's a hustle, and to go, you know, like, you're, you've done it, you're doing it, mm-hmm. and you can, you show that there's just no excuses, there's just none. We can make them, we can yeah. make them, but... Um, we have to move forward through them. Right. Otherwise. And it, it definitely is hard. Yep. It's hard. Yep. And I, I know that it's uh, not easy. And, but I think a lot of it, too, is faith for me. Mm-hmm. And then my, definitely my family and the community. I know there are people talk about the entertainment industry and there's, like, bad people. 
I just try to avoid them. Yeah, they're there. They're everywhere, right? Yeah. yeah. But I, but as I'm listening to you talking, I think there's so many people who are in this because they want to tell good stories. Right, and, and they, they want to help you too. Yeah. And I feel so lucky that yeah. I met so many more of those yeah, type of folks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That was what really woke me up because I used to be afraid of Hollywood when I was just acting I was told that it's like the den of sin and you're yeah. going to be led astray yeah. and yeah. all those people are narcissistic and you're going to become a drug addict blah 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 and I thought oh yeah that looks like it you know all the stories that are on tabloid but that's just a small portion there are right. so many more people who really believe in this power to change right and so thanks thanks for yeah. sharing your stories you're I'm super welcome. glad that we met yeah. and I am too it's like that's what I mean like through this whole journey I've been so yeah. lucky to meet great people and then yeah. stay in touch, stay in touch. And, yeah it's pretty amazing yeah. thanks dan i know you're busy so yeah. thank, thank you. you i'll put your um your twitter and stuff in the okay, show notes people can reach out to you and good luck with this sunday thank you right. thank you take care thanks for listening to the brave maker podcast subscribe give us a rating and share with a friend brave maker is a 501c3 non-profit organization our work is funded by generous patrons like you Support the podcast with a tax-deductible donation at bravemaker.com. Brave stories change the world. You are the story.